me welcome uh, Pastor Benson as he comes to give us the word uh, for the day. Thank you, my namesake. Praise the Lord. Or, or there's a specific greeting for this church. What do you say? Any applies, eh? All right. I, I, I was sitting there and I was just thinking, I think in the main church we have a road deal. You know, the color here, the warmth when you come in is very warm and cozy. You compare that with the tent, you want to be coming to this church. So you guys are highly privileged. Amen. Clap for yourselves. Yeah, I think in my view, Reverend Julius has done a good job for this particular church. And uh, we, we are really proud of you. Like Paul, I can say that we've heard of your faith, your commitment to the cause of Christ, and we are very proud of the church that meets in this place. The upper room, I think there's a lot of prayer that perhaps goes on here. Amen. Amen. I want to introduce myself in two ways, because from time to time I will share my story. Um, when I was asked to come and share the word of God here, I was saying, Lord, give me the grace to release everything I need to release to these young people. Because once upon a time I was young, now I'm not. Even if I wanted to, I can only continue to become old. But I will share with you, there are things that I know that some of you may not know. There are things that you are going through now that have also gone through. Uh, and so, as a man, I would want to... The gospel is not the gospel unless you bring yourself into that picture. So, yes, Abraham lived then, but in the 21st century, it is me who is living, isn't it? And the God who was sovereign then is still sovereign today. The difference is maybe there is technology. Maybe people don't dress in skins anymore. But it's the same God, sovereign from eternity to eternity. Before I forget, I'm here with my wife, Janet. Uh, Janet Uneza Inoamkono. Yes. Um, we, we got married uh, 13 years ago. The Lord has blessed us with two children who are serving. They come for the first service, and then second service, they go to serve. Anita is uh, 11. She turned 11 this year. And Emmanuel Tello is uh, seven. Uh, again, he also turned seven this year. And we are privileged to serve. I serve as the missions pastor here. Uh, that's my first introduction. So working with the missions board to ensure that the church is doing missions. And a number of you, uh, perhaps a, a week or so ago, participated in the, the church-wide missions. How many of you participated? Either to a medical camp. There you are. Those are our champions. Please clap for them. Yes. So I wake up, I think missions. I wake up, I think, what else, Lord, would you want us to do? That's my life. And I'll be giving you a story how I got born again. But that's my life, that God give us one more chance to share the gospel with somebody. But I also work with another organization called African Evangelistic Enterprise. Now, uh, in other parts of the country, it's, it's known as AE, 
in East Africa, it's also known as AE, but when you go beyond East Africa, if you go either to Europe or to America or to the Middle East or the northern part of Africa, then it's called African Enterprise. One and the same thing. Why? Because there are places once they see the word evangelistic, then they know you are a pastor and they can almost persecute you from the word go. I remember a couple of years ago we went to Tunis. Tunis is right next to Egypt if you look at the map. And we were held at the airport for six hours because of our skin color. I was saying if my wife was there, she would have been allowed to go in. And we've settled that. Sometimes we make a joke in our house. You know, the Bible says that the devil, <laughs> the devil presents himself like the angel of light. But we also know the devil to, to be black, isn't it? So sometimes we joke with my wife, who is the devil? Because <laughs> I'm dark, she's light. So <laughs> whichever way, one of us must be applying as the, the devil. But that's a joke for our house. Don't try it on us when we meet out there. And, and, and so we come to you with a lot of humility just to share what we know how. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing that uh, this is uh, what life is all about. The, the, the main purpose that you live today. And if you can settle that, you will always have peace with God. The main reason why you are alive today, a living homo sapien that is walking upright, beautiful, handsome, whether tall or short, the reason why you exist today is to fulfill the purpose of God. But that purpose, you must understand that it's only two-pronged. You are alive today to trust in God, but also to obey him. Everything else, it's around that because the Bible says that in him we live, in him we move, in him we do what? We have our being. And there is nothing that you have today that you have not been given. Nothing, absolutely. By that thing that I'll open the Bible first. There is nothing that you have today, whether it's your beauty you have been given, whether it's your physique you have been given. Even if you go to the gym and the muscles strengthen, you do not sit down and begin to speak to your muscles to expand, isn't it? You do whatever you can do, but the growth, the increase, the expansion, you have been given. Now, you, you, you may take that statement as very simple, but it's until you go into an ICU in a hospital, that's when you discover that one of the most expensive things in ICU, the reason why Kenyans meet today, every single day, to raise funds because their very own is in ICU, the most expensive item in an ICU is oxygen because it is charged by the second. Every single second that they are putting oxygen, they charge it. So the bill goes up. So you are there for three days, you find a crazy bill. But you see now, all of us are breathing, isn't it? But have you imagined, are you, are you imagining that how many oxygen is coming into my system? Can you count? 
You are not even thinking about it. It's now that maybe I'm talking, that's now when you realize, actually I'm breathing. Eh? You are breathing in, breathing out, isn't it? Now, let me tell you this. Even that you have been given by God. If God picks it, then everybody in the ICU goes crazy because now they want to resuscitate that body. To restore what? Oxygen. And that's why Paul writes and says that if I am to boast, let me boast of what the Lord has done. What? Has done. Now, I start that to build for us a foundation of beginning to understand that then we do not belong to ourselves. We, we, you, you do not belong even to your, your parents. There is somebody who is keen about your life today more than anybody else. And you know here we are so many of us. And it's very easy to be in the group, the group dynamics, where you are feeling the ass guys. But I can tell you right now, there is a single person in this room. And as God is speaking to us, he's speaking to that individual person. Because the Lord knows when you lie down, when you wake up. He knows what is going into your mind. The Bible says that all of our hearts and our minds, we are bare before God. He knows what you did this morning. He knows where you went yesterday with so much precision that God cannot imagine that you are in the tent. He can locate you real time. One of my stories when I was in the University of Nairobi, I've had a privilege of being in, in, in two campuses. I went and, you know, I was desperate for God. I was a Christian Union leader in Upper Kabete campus, but I was very desperate for God. There was an emptiness. And I kept on wondering, what can I do for God? I am a person, and I do not know what to do. Saved, but not satisfied. So God orchestrated many things, and I had to push myself to go into a place of prayer. So we go with this team of brothers and sisters into a cave to pray. And we agreed with one of the brothers that we are going to pray so that we can receive the presence of the Lord, but he can also tell us what is our life in future. And I've really short-circuited that story. Can you imagine when we are in that cave where you cannot even imagine? You know, sometimes we think that God is only in church, isn't it? Let us go to the house of the Lord so that we can find God there. But God is everywhere. He's, he's on top of everything that you can imagine. So as a young person, we didn't imagine that we would find God real time in a cave. So we go in there. Our intention was to pray for seven days. But we told ourselves, because from time to time we struggle with sins. Sins that you know, sins that you do not know. There are people you even offend without knowing. Yesterday we were in men's fellowship and uh, I discovered I had sinned to somebody and I didn't know. He, he, and he told the, the whole congregation, he said, Undugu, kuna siku, the men's fellowship. And then we were wondering, what is the problem? Then I, he pointed at me, said, you are the problem. So the man said, I was so offended, but I forgive him. So me, I'm working as a pastor in this compound, but there is one man in the compound who knows what? 
I sinned against him. We sinned against people. There are statements you utter in good faith. You mean the right thing, but you offend somebody. So as we are in this cave, we are saying we want to first confess all our sins, the ones we can remember and the ones we cannot remember. So that was supposed to be day one. And this cave, there are mosquitoes, even during the day. But you are there to, to, to seek God, because you are told in that cave, the Lord will come physically present. Now, that excites a young man. So went in there. In the evening, as we were fellowshipping, a lady who was the minister of the gospel, I've never seen her beyond that, stands up and says, in this place there is a young man. You have been seeking God. You are asking God to explain to you what the future lies. But God does not open the entire future. In fact, I remember she was speaking about the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. And she was saying, you know, God just shows you what you are supposed to do now. He walks with you because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't show you the entire future the way it will be. And those were the struggles I had. So she's explaining that, but saying there's a young man. The word of knowledge comes to this lady. There's a young man in our midst. You are asking God for your future, but this is what the Lord says. That you, he will relocate you to another university. And it's not a local one. It's an international university. He's speaking. And I'm saying that cannot be me. Of course, with my brother, we are thinking it's either him or me. We are the young people, everybody else is old. People are struggling, marriages that are broken. What wamekuja kibao to, to pray to the Lord? So, but I'm, we, I'm pushing it out of my hand. I'm saying it cannot be me. God cannot be in this cave in that live way. Then suddenly they say, the young man is seated right there in the middle. He's called Benson Owino Omon, with by three names. For the first time, I knew that God is present everywhere. I don't need to be in a church and sing a small song before God comes. Even as I step in there, he's already present. And there are people who will tap him. There are people who will just go having seen a beautiful girl, a young, a, a young man. But there are men and women that are saying, I do not want to leave that service the way I came. If there is a burden, Lord, I pray that you break it. If there is a habit that has made me not be what I am, Lord, break it. There are men and women seated here, and that's usually their prayer. So God comes in and isolates a young man, not this other friend of mine. He picks me in the middle of these people. So when my names were said, I was completely broken. I was crying. I was sobbing like a baby. And I said, Lord, I didn't know you were here. I didn't know you were here. So now I, rem that, so I began now thinking about the prophetic word that I will send you into an international university. So later on, after the dynamics of a prayer like that, you've been picked, everybody has laid hands on you, there are people who are going to be like, Lord, whatever they drop on me, let it be. So after that service, the following day in the morning, we are asking with this friend of mine. He's called Antonio. We know my namesake. He's saying, boss, he said, Apana, because we had committed seven days, watch at Tungangane. Nanimaji, 
Seven days we, we tarried before God. Now I say that at the onset so that we do not wait for God at the time of the sermon. Your time your worship and may come. I read a scripture recently together with my wife. It was very interesting that the Bible says that, that the Lord ascends in the praises of his people. Not descends. Descend is negative, isn't it? Descend is, 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 you know, I'm promoted but I've been demoted. D is, is bad. But ascending sounds good even in your mouth, isn't it? So by the time the Bible says that God ascends in the praises of his people and in the claps of his people, he's saying he was already present. Do you understand? In other words, the presence of the Lord is usually attracted by the people who are there. So that day I knew that God was present in that place. And that changed my life completely. In fact, I remember the night after that, I, I even had dreams that I only read in the Bible, in, in, in books. I found myself literally protecting a number of people. And there was fire behind me. So they were all going in there as they are enjoying and in their multitude. So I woke up with my hands like this. And I was literally being pinned down because I was sobbing and I was saying, Lord, they are still there. I'm seeing them, but nobody is seeing them. So I knew God had birthed the ministry of evangelizing to people. And it was just a matter of time. I've gone into the corporates. I did not search myself until God caught up with me in 2016. And I knew this is what I need to do to my deathbed. So I want to share my story. Even as I share with us the scriptures. Very briefly um, in Colossians. Colossians 1. I will share more of my story. Because that, in a way, would help you to pick the scriptures from the Bible to your case. And as we share this, please see yourself. Where are you? Where are you in all these things? Do you want to do church just as normal? Do you want to have a destiny in your life? Is there a place that you want God to take you to? Do you want to be isolated out of the crowds? Do you want to be a blessing to this generation and the generations to come? Do you want to be mentioned like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you want to, to, to be, to be a, a source of difference in your community? The choice is usually made when the word of God comes. Because the word of God, the Bible says, is sharper than a double-edged sword speaks to the preacher but also speaks to the listener so let's read this word of god together colossians chapter number one verse number 19 15 sorry i'll just read 15 16 maybe up to 18 and then i share one or two thoughts the sun is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him 
and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. This he is who? Who is he? Who is he? Talk to me. It's Jesus Christ. Now that short scripture is, is very interesting. It, it's, it's loaded with certain truths that I pray that the Holy Spirit will unpack for us even beyond today. That scripture basically says this, that without Jesus, you can do nothing. Where I began, he holds all things together. The supremacy, the decision on how long you will live is held by that man. Your destiny, your future, whether you will be a doctor or a nurse, God forbid, other profession that I don't want to mention. But God knows every detail of your today and even the future. He knows what you are crafting, the plans, the strategy that you have today. He knows them. He knows even the desires of your heart. But this scripture is reminding us that it is in him that all things were created for him and by him. Why? So that he may show the supremacy of God. Now what does that mean? To me in the 21st century, it basically pushes me to the place where God is saying, if then he is the one who determines the seasons and the times, then the best thing is to trust in this God. Is to fully release myself to this God. And you know why? Because he has determined the place where you will live, the Bible says, and the season where you will live. And even if somebody had planned that you would be aborted, that would not happen if God had not said it. Now, when we come to the place where we understand, therefore, that it is God who has brought us to this place, then the question that we want to ask ourselves, why? Why are you living today in the 2019? Why were you not born in the 70s? Why were you not born to other parents? The things that some of you desire, that I wish I was not even born in this family. The question is then, why? I, I come from not a very, a very rich family. In fact, my, my poverty would have bro blocked me from, 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 from proposing to my wife. Because I kept on thinking, when I began interacting with her in USIU, I was the chairman of the Christian Union, and this was the prayer coordinator. And I kept on struggling, because already in my eyes and in my mind and in my heart, I've said, this is the one. But when I converse with her, she tells me, you know, we live in Rwanda. I'm saying, I, hey. <laughs> that already has dismembered me because I'm saying Rwanda. 
Mimi sasa hizo naishi Roisambo bwana. If she asked me where do you live in Roisambo? I cannot even describe because there are no landmarks. Ni ile tu unapenya unajipata kwa nyumba yako. But you know that almost blocked me from proposing to this girl. I remember one day we are walking and you know sometimes you are escorting. You've not even said anything. You are just good friends. And you know men we are very weak kusema. Si ni kweli? Tunawanyuesha kahawa nini na tusemi chochote. But ladies have something. They, they pick you kwa umbali as you come. You are trying to put your words together. Alisha juache nyonata kusema. So don't think this. And there is a sixth thing that God has given them that we do not have. <laughs> so I remember one of these days, as I'm escorting her, I saw a muso drive by. Eh, nikaanza kusema, eh, nyewa na umewengine wamebariki? Wamebarikiwa. And I know I'm now thinking as a man, you know, you want to put a statement to show Right now we might be in school, but the future for us looks like that. Eh? But I'm not saying, so I'm, I'm making a statement to mean, you know, mambo kama haya tutawai yendesha. Then, you know, she casually, without even thinking about it, she says, I know, that is what my, my sister drops me with occasionally. Nikasema, hapa sita wai propose tena, ata sistaki akunagari, nikasema mkwisha. But I'm thinking as a what? As a man. Because I'm already, I'm seeing they are there. Sisi tukopandeyo, ingine. I am thinking, but if I take this lady to my home, Shags, how will things be? Because I know where we come from. Unajua zile home zenye unaingia ujui geti kopandegani? That was my home. Unapenya tu kitoka drive yule ingine unaingia hivi ukitoka huko you don't follow a gate to go find this home Nyumba ni anyasi Fact I remember later on after I married her <laughs> you know one of these houses that ina inatoa ina kukinyesha <laughs> it begins to pour water at night eh? So nashinda kuna mtu alilala huko jua na tukosea ama kumbe ni kuna nyesha huko nje. So so you wake up everybody kusema tuende hapa ndio kuna kuaga dry. And she told me never take me home kabla hujatengeneza nyumba ya maana. So all that almost blocked me from the purpose of God and I feared greatly. I struggled. I went to pray in Catalonia in Machacos. And I was saying, Lord, help me. Graciously help me. And the Lord is even showing me this, the girl, but I'm fearing. I am saying that so that we begin to see the supremacy of God. That God has predetermined. He has decided where you will live, whom you will stay with. You are not going to craft. And he doesn't know God. At the time when God wants to remove you from that person, he will. He knows already how your life will be. Now, if you have a car and you want it to be repaired well, the best thing is to take it to the manufacturer, isn't it? Because they know every corner. They have even the soft copy of that car. 
they know how it will perform on the road and off-road. So the best thing is to come back to this creator. Now, the statement that we find in this scripture enables you to begin to see that then if your life is held by this God, then the best thing is to release it to him, to trust him and to obey him. In other words, you begin to align yourself to the divine purposes of God. So that if you are making a prayer, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You're basically saying, Lord, the purposes in heaven, everything you had planned for me, let them happen with precision the way you ordained them. So point number one, we reach out to God in trusting and obeying as we pray persistently. And so what did I do? I went into prayer because I was seeking this lady. Mimi najua lakini ajui. Now somebody recently told me that Benson if you do not have the capacity to receive a no or a yes answer, then you are still a weakling. So I went to her knowing that a yes will be an answer, but a no will also be an answer. Why? Because this life has now been released to who? To God. Because if God spoke to me, he has the capacity to speak to who? To this girl. I share that story to bring us to the place where we begin to see then where does prayer belong in this divine purpose of God. That even when Jesus knew with precision that he's going to die, he knew that this is the night. He knew that it has already been written. He came from the throne of God, but the Bible says he still prayed. Even if a prophetic word has been uttered about you, you must pray it to come to being. So I want us to begin to see the centrality of prayer as an individual, as a corporate institution, as a church. Because prayer enables these purposes of God to be established in our life. Say amen. Point number two. The purpose for which you live today. And I want you to see the difference between your purpose and your destiny. Your destiny could be you'll be a musician. Your destiny could be you'll be a makanga. Your destiny could be you'll be a doctor. That's fine. Your destiny could be you'll be a pastor like me. Your destiny could be a CEO for a certain period of time. But the purpose of God, the reason why we live today, is to be able to trust and obey God. Whatever place you'll go to, if you trust and obey God, then you're beginning to operate under this scripture that says that everything, including yourself, was created for him and by him. Why do I say that? We live in a world that is not as conducive as we want it to be. 
the world is hostile to anything that is called God. The systems of the world today have been made to make you disobey God. Whether you are on the road, you have been set up to disobey God. Whether you are in a work environment, you've been set up to disobey God. And they have been presented in very nice things that you may not know. It could just be a corporate dinner where you are, go to, you are supposed to go to enjoy a meal. And then they put in a few vineyards there. And suddenly the real people begin to come alive in that center. The place has been set up and then they have this, the, the, defined the, the dinner that you don't come in the dinner with a jacket even if it is cold, isn't it? You are supposed to, to leave certain parts that we can also appreciate that nawewe umepe, umepewa. But they are targeting somebody. The system has been designed to make you fall. So in other words, it calls for a man and a woman who is sensitive to those systems that they will be able to Like Daniel in his time, he knew that, yes, we are being called into the palace. We are being asked to partake of the same meal like others. But uh, there is something about this meal. There is something about this training. There is something about mixing us to understand the languages and the science of the, of, of the Chaldeans. There is something. And so Daniel purposed in his heart to obey God. Unless you purpose to obey God wherever you are, then you will lose it. Now Jesus, when he's speaking to the disciples, Luke chapter number 10, this is what Jesus is saying. He sends them to the world. But this is what he says. That I'm sending you like lambs among what? Wolves. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm sending you to a hostile world. I'm sending you to a place where you will not find it as cozy as the place where we are in today. So why is Jesus then warning us? He's basically saying, be careful. Because the place where I'm sending you to, you have been set up to disobey and to distrust. Because once you distrust, once you disobey, then you are separated from God. And the only person who can reconcile you back to God is the same, same God who created everything by himself and for him. Have I lost anybody? A man of God recently, part of what I do is to evangelize. Because I want this point to sink. Because if you lose it, then you lose it. And this could be the only thing that you will take home. In fact, Atakama Wandiki, the better, because I want you to take it into your heart. Because once you see the world for what it is, then you live a life that is in obedience to God. Recently, we, I was leading a team of 3,000 missionaries in Mombasa North. And so there were about 20 senior pastors and bishops from Zambia that were to join us in this mission. But one of them, the way he did his, his timing for the air ticket, he found himself a day before. So I was called that there is this man is at JKIA, 
and he wants to come to the mission. And I'm asking, who is it? Because we still have a day to the mission. Now, I'm told this is a, a pastor. He has come from Zambia. And immediately I put myself into his picture. And I said, if I was in another strange country that I've never gone to before, and I'm at the airport, I don't even have perhaps even the Kenyan shillings. I would need help from any quarter. So I said, let him be put on a vehicle. Let him be directed to come to Mombasa. I was told, no. In fact, his flight is such that he will stay, he'll have an overstay in, 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 in JKIA, and then he comes straight to Mombasa. I said, fine, we will receive him. So the day when he arrived, as the team leader, I decided, let me fellowship with him a little bit more. Now, part of how we evangelize, we, we call it stratified evangelism. So we go into a city and tailor make the gospel for everyone. So if you're a bank manager, we have a gospel that has a bit of decency. So we don't harass you. We, we, we preach to you in a manner that we leave you with a bit of decorum. If you are in the, in the, in the streets, of course, we treat you as a street person. We do the crusades and the door-to-door. If you are a governor, we only say we are coming to pray for you and give you a Bible. And perhaps in that particular uh, forum, then we will be able to share the word if you give us a few minutes. Sometimes they just ask us pray. But you and me know you can also preach to somebody as you do what? As you pray. You can. And, and the opportunities that you guys lose when you go for those ceremonies at home. It is difficult to preach to your parents. And you know they are not born again. But you can preach to them in what? In prayer. And sometimes if you tell people, close your eyes, you are just praying for food. Say something also be, beyond the food. You know, there are statements. I once made a prayer. It was for food. But I said, Lord, make people uh, restless. If they don't know God, make them. And I opened my eyes and realized, what what walikuwa niangalia. Because you... You are asking God to make them restless until they find rest in God. And as you speak into their hearts, you are dropping something, isn't it? So I've not forgotten. Let me come back to this man of God. So I receive this man of God, and we are given food we are sharing together. So I tell him, in this stratified evangelism, one of the strategies is to take the gospel to the people where they are. And because we know Mombasa is a, a tourism zone, there's a particular city, a small city called Mutuapa. That city becomes alive at 5 o'clock. That's when businesses open. So that's when, when, you, when you pass through the streets, you literally see prostitutes along the streets. And they are so bold, they do not care who you are. Who loves the Lord most sincerely? They can be sincerely picked. So I tell him that one of the strategies we'll use for this city is what we call night hunting. And night hunting is a model that our organization use, uses so that you go into that place and you take brothers, there could be seven of them, you give them different vehicles and they all drive to that location. And each one of them picks. Each one of them, they put them in the vehicle and then they all drive to one location. In the same room. So once you do that, you ask them how much. 
how much do you want for this service? They tell you 5,000. Some go even as low as 200 bob. And when you begin to analyze them, you find there is a lady rejected by the parents, rejected by everybody in their society, and this lady is saying, after school fees. But as you see them, you brand them as who? Prostitutes. You find a mama, one of the, the cities we went to, we found a mama who was sent by the husband and she has left a two-year-old baby at home. Why? Bwanake memskuma enda utafute hata kama ni hiyo njia leta chakula nyumbani. But the society has called them what? Prostitutes. But God who is sovereign knows that these ones must also be saved. And if you go there, if you are not strong, of course they will save you. Thank you for laughing. That's funny. And you see, so this man tells me, as I'm explaining to him this strategy, I'm telling him we will deploy this. For that city, that is what we'll deploy. So we go to the bus, we go to, the, to, the, to, the, to those uh, alleys, and we pick them. And you know, about 49 of them got born again during that prison uh, season. Praise the Lord. And, 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 and so... As I'm explaining to him the strategy that we'll deploy in the next 10 days. He tells me, my brother, that is the ministry I want to go to. And I'm saying, are you able? Are you strong? Can you withstand that territory? Do you have the capacity? He says, let me tell you a story. Tells me when I was working for World Vision. I went to do night hunting, the one that you've just told us. And I went into this bar with an intention to share the word of God. Do I still have some minutes? And as I went into this bar, somebody told some prostitutes within that bar that there is a pastor who has come to preach here. So one of the ladies who was very bold came. And you know they don't dress well, isn't it? Kamushipi too, apple. Kabisa, and they cut walk. So they have the capacity to make you begin to think, did I really come to share the gospel? So she walks in boldly and asks, where is that pastor? Is this pastor telling me the story? In Zambia. Where is that pastor? Then he finds the pastor seated on a seat somewhere. Then she picks another seat, comes and sits right next to the pastor and puts his leg right inside the leg of the pastor. And I said, preach to me now. Me, I confess my sins. I wouldn't have. Because and you, you, you don't want to try that with a man. Oh. I'm saying that in humility because my wife is here. After John 3.16 in Apotea. From your head. Everything that you ever known about scripture. Even the Bible. You know this, the shortest verse in the Bible says. And Jesus wept. 
Because suddenly you are in the territory of this girl. This is where they operate. There are demonic spirits in that zone. She's, the boldness that you see is not the boldness that has come from any other place other than the kingdom of Satan. So that's their territory. That's not a platform where to say, to know to to if you touch your neighbor, tell them Jesus is here. That will not work. Now the Bible says that Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer of the king, went before the king. And when the king looked at this man, he realized that this man was sad. And the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter number one, that he realized that the man was the sadness of heart. What he was seeing was not just a face sadness, the sadness of the heart. So the king asked Nehemiah, what brings you? Nehemiah says, I cannot be happy when Jerusalem is in shambles. Then the king asked him, what can I do for you? Now the Bible says, I think it's in Nehemiah chapter number two for those who are writing. The Bible says that this is what Nehemiah says, and I prayed to the Lord. Remember, this man is before the king. So you have no time to pray outside his presence. You are right, it's like Uru Kinyata is standing before you and Asema Unataka Nini. Nimaona umesumbuka sana unataka nini. But the Bible says he did what? He prayed. Again brings the centrality of prayer. An offer has been given to you. Say whatever you want. But the Bible says he did what? He prayed. Now that's a quick prayer that you make in your mind. You're in an interview place and they've asked you a difficult question. You can pray. You can say, Lord, open my understanding on that question. Because the Bible says all wisdom is resident in Christ. The place of prayer you can never underestimate what you can make. There are prayers you can make in your mind. Nehemiah says, and I prayed to the Lord of heavens. Ah! Buana sifuwe sana. Hapa kunaga amen. Mimi, this word, hata mimi nani bless, lakini njini ni kama na wasumbua sana. Wacha tufunge bas, tuende nyumbani. Oh! Kwa hivyo tuko pamoja, nasema huu mutu ni nalia ni muleta hapa na tusumbua. So Nehemiah makes a quick prayer. He says, and I prayed you read that. And I'm not reading it so that we to occur muda. And then the Bible says, after he made that statement, then he made a request to the king. And that request was accepted. But I want you to note this. In chapter number one of Nehemiah, when the word was brought to him by his brother concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, the Bible says he took time to pray and fast and confess his sins and the sins of the forefathers. So you cannot depend on that prayer of mind. Kama wewe ni kuona Nigeria movies. Hapana. It has to be a lifestyle. So that by the time you are now going into that interview. And you need to make a quick prayer in your mind. It is based on something that you already have. Tunaelewana. So back, I have not lost you. Back to this man of God. So man of God remembered that prayer of Nehemiah. And he tells me, I made a quick prayer in my mind. I said, Lord, save me. 
And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be done what? Shall be saved. Because you are in their territory. It's like you've been put right in the middle of the devil's territory. So as he was, immediately made that quick prayer in his mind. He saw another young girl. Yeah, much younger. Almost ten times younger than this lady passing by. And then the Lord spoke to his heart and told him, talk to this girl about that young lady. So he asked this lady a question. If you had a girl, not that you have, if you had a girl that is as young as this one that is passing, would you allow them to come and do what you are doing to me today? And the lady broke in tears. And she began crying. And crying and helpless. And the man of God, this, this lady who had said, where is the pastor? Suddenly was broken. And after she finished crying, the man of God asked him, why are you crying? He said, when you said those words, my heart went to the other side of Zambia where I have a similar girl, my daughter. I wouldn't even want her to know that this is what I'm doing. That's why I'm crying. To any other person out there, to any other man, they would see that lady as a lady to take advantage of. You see how beautiful they are. So you take advantage of them. And that is usually an evil spirit that is in you but you are not aware. So as you take advantage of them, you are partaking of the sins of even other people that are engaged in the same. You are robbing a young girl, a mother, when the mother should be with them and you do not know. For you, it's a 15 minutes thing, isn't it? The ripple effect is, is huge. You cannot afford until everything is exposed before the sovereign God. And so it was very easy to lead this girl to the Lord. So prayed for this young mama, this old mama, and led her to Christ and told her, now go and look for a church. Apparently they were in the same city for quite some time, took her to another church, and she began going to that church. But then one of those days, the lady decided she's going back to the same place to continue with the trade. Because they had not thought very well, how do we enable her to earn a living? Now, this pastor tells me, the day when the lady appeared before that bar, somebody came from nowhere, Nakiboko. Akanza kumchapa, then she ran away. So she called the pastor and said, are you the one who sent somebody who was beating me up? She said, no. Because God had rescued this lady from this situation to the extent... In fact, the pastor was telling me, I believe that was an angel. Describe for me the man at Asikumbuki. It was so painful that I could not even remember how he looked like. Today, that lady is a deacon in their church. Rescued from the devil. But how was she rescued? The pastor knew the purpose for which he is called. The pastor knew that he must trust and obey. And obedience means doing what God says at that time. Because when you disobey, the Bible says you are doing the sin of witchcraft. In other words, you are manipulating God. You are behaving like you have everything. You are all sufficient. 
If God robbed you today of everything you have, your hairstyle, the nice dress that you have, seated there is a weak girl. Seated there is a young man who is struggling. And sometimes we, we look like we are doing okay, we have it. It could be the language. It could be, and you know, I was just thinking the other day. Sometimes language you don't even want to say I'm a shrub. I'm a slab. Yourself um shrub. But it tormenting you, you are thinking that you, you, you are not correct. You, are not, you don't have it. But some of the best engineers in the world are Chinese. They don't know you are English. But they are committed to whatever they are doing. So let language not block you from obeying God. It is okay. There are people here who cannot come to stand to be part of worship and praising God because you are thinking that when you open your mouth, people will wonder, now we are metoka konagani ya Nairobi. It is robbing you, your purpose, my sister, my brother. Understanding that is very critical because it gives you the liberty. Gives you the liberty. So those who understand the purpose of God, then they begin to find themselves, they're operating now in another realm. Doors begin to open. The grace of God begins to be released in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. I can almost tell why. I can almost tell why. Let me tell you something that I do boldly. Uh, somebody once said, if you stand before God and you are told that uh, your fly is open, what would you do? Hmm? You close it. She's just been gracious to me. She told me her fly is open. So I've closed it. Somebody once said this. You know, I'm, I've gone beyond maturity, isn't it? Somebody once said this. That you know people live for others. I am careful when I come out of that vehicle to be able to please everybody except the people are around me. And one of them you were told yesterday is called Dr. Yungi Cho. A man who has the largest church in the world. But the Bible, not the Bible, preachers now the Bible. This the wife one day sat him down and asked him this question. When I see you in the pulpit and you look at me and you say I'm the most beautiful man, a woman and you say good things about me that immediately we go into the car you are a different person altogether. Do I have two husbands? So before you I might look very good, isn't it? Lakini tukirudi nyumbani na maharas nani? Janet. Sinikweli? I say that so that nothing inhibits you from doing the purposes of God, knowing the only person you are accountable to is who? Is God. Is God. The Bible says that all of us lie bare before him. He knows our hearts. He knows our attitudes. He knows how we are formed. In fact, 
He knows even our expiry date. We will cry over your casket. Why? Because we did not know the expiry date was that day. But he knows. This is the man that you can never try to pretend before him. He knows the struggles you have. So why would you want to go to a mechanic when you can take this car to the manufacturer? I bring us back to God because I know this is where it all begins. This is where your life can be reshaped. This is where the struggles that you have that nobody knows about them can be brought in prayer. Because it's a sovereign God. Somebody saying, Mutukama, you must simulate a tenor. Now, Fatu Biriwe, you Jilingina, Missouri, Missouri. But let me tell you this. I was telling God, even as I was coming here, that if only, and, and you know, this, this thing is dipped. I've really short circuited it. It is whatever you see in that particular scripture, it is loaded with the truth that if you begin to unpack them, then you begin to realize that all we need to do is to come to God in faith and trust him and obey him. The people we see in history that you can mention their names, they lived a life of trusting and obeying God. Sema Amina. So those stories, I used them in the 21st century because they are different from Lazarus. Lazarus is a story. But this is a story that I was given about a month ago of a real situation in Zambia given you my real story the things that I struggled with I had an issue with language had an issue with diction had an issue with how to present myself dress code siku juana changanya yellow jeans nini I was mixed up some of them it's even my wife was helping me I was mixed up I have a purpose of God but I'm not stylish the way you want but today, when I put my life before God, I have dined with kings. Not that I can boast of that, but because a life put back to God is a life that is rescued for eternity. And somebody might be saying, preacher, so then in view of all this that you've told us, what do we do? What do we do? Now that question that you are asking was asked to Peter when he stood up before a congregation and he told them the masses of God, the centrality of prayer, the greatness of God and they asked, what do we do? He said, repent. In other words, stop doing what you are doing. Begin to pursue God. Come to God in prayer. And the Bible says that 3,000 got born again that day. In other words, they responded to the truth when it was said because beyond that, you do not know. In other words, you come to God in trust. That God, I live my life in your most stable hands. I might have been going this direction, but you brought me back. Repenting means you come to God just as you are. And stop what you are doing. If you are going this direction, you turn around. And stop what you are doing. But in the hands of God. That is the God that I bring to us today. In Jesus name.
Please stand before the presence of the Lord. I want to pray with us. I want to pray with us. You are saying, preacher, I feel that you are talking to me. And you know, I say this because you have only one life. Before God, we are all bare, isn't it? Before God, we are all bare. And God knows the struggles. God knows the things that you've tried to patch. God knows what you are pursuing. He knows what has held you. The Bible says that sin holds us. You become a servant to it. You, and the only person who can rescue you from sin is not you trying not to do it again. It is you coming to God to break it himself. Because he's the only one who overcame sin. So I want us to close our eyes as I pray. For each one of us. In Jesus name. Father we thank you for everyone that is standing. Before your presence. I know Lord that have gone beyond the timing. But I believe this is your season. This is your time. And you are unpacking to us some of these truths. For the purposes of helping us to come back to you in humility and trusting you for our lives. Because you know our struggles. If you can rescue a woman who has sold themselves to prostitution, you can rescue us. You can deliver us. You can deliver us from our phones, Lord. You can deliver us from habits that we've struggled to live and we cannot live. You are the Lord who is able to rescue us. So this afternoon as I pray for my brothers and my sisters. Rescue Lord. Rescue Lord. Deliver Lord. Break every chain and habit our father. And bring them to a place where they can have a relationship that will lead them to their destiny. That the enemy will not destroy that plan that you have for these dear ones. For the sake of the kingdom. And as we close our eyes. And you are looking at your life. Because you know it. You look at the week. And the month. And the years. And the days. And the issues that have sort of come to your place. But they've held you. And you are saying preacher. I want you to pray for me today. It could be rededication to, your, to, to Jesus Christ. And you're saying, for me, I want to come back. I want to be found back in the hands of God. Or you're saying, I've never, never given my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this is my day. I want you to quietly lift your hand up. I will see it where I am. And I will pray for you. I don't want to ask him, thank you for that hand, my brother. God bless you. I have seen it. I have seen that hand. Is there anyone? Help me. Another one. Yes, thank you. God bless you. I've seen hand. Another one. Thank you. God bless you. I have seen that one also. God bless you. Thank you, my sister. I've seen that hand. I've seen that hand. And I've seen. And God is even seeing it better than I'm seeing it. Thank you, my brother. I've seen that hand. Put it down. Put it down. I've seen those hands. I've seen those hands. And above all things, the Lord God Almighty in heaven has seen those hands. And this is your day. 
want you to pray with me because I know what it means. Your life will be shaped. The man who is standing before you was about to kill their, the stepmother. The Lord rescued me when I was in form two. I'd planned when I, re, when I hit form four, I will go and slaughter that stepmother. And right inside my bag where I was in my dormitory, a very sharp young man committed to, 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 to studies, almost topping his class, but I was a murderer. Why? Because this stepmother had harassed me for many years. And I said, now I'm a big man. When I go back, before I do my KCSE, I will slaughter her. I'd put a panga right inside my box. I'd planned for this lady. But a young man came to me in, in, in form three, from Form 3 and preached to me the gospel. And that is what saved that, that lady. I could be in Shimonatewa today. I could be in maximum prison. But God rescued me. So I know today God is rescuing somebody. Whom perhaps even that mark that I was talking about, that expiry date, could even be closer than they ever imagined. God is rescuing somebody. So I don't want to, to leave you behind. You are here and you are saying, preacher, even me, I want to pray with those others. It's there. Just lift your hand and put it down. That's all. Saying, pray with me, preacher. Pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every hand that was lifted before you, this is my prayer. That, Lord, you will rescue them. You know their struggles, their fears. You know their concerns. You know that they've detoured, oh God. Bring them back to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you are a good God. Write their names in the book of life. That book that the Bible says that in the book of Revelation that will be, will be, will be opened one day. And those who are found in there will live with God eternally. Please, Lord Jesus, write their name in that book of life. Let this be their birthday. Let this be the day when they will be remembered, that they will never stand before you ashamed, O oh God. They were not ashamed of you. You will not embarrass them. You will not ashamed them, Lord. You will call them by name. In fact, you will give them a new name. I pray for every hand that was lifted. Lord, remember them. So together I want us to, to help these brothers and sisters who have lifted their hands into this prayer of repentance. Together, let's say, Lord Jesus, we come before you in faith. Your word says that without faith, we can never please you. We believe that you are God. And you intend us to, to worship you. And therefore, Lord, as we come with all the sins, the ones I can remember and the ones I cannot remember, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Make me a new creation. Let all the old go. And let the new come. Accept me as one of your sons. And I accept this in faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to Jesus Christ for those souls. Amen. And amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord.
So thank you. I, I leave it at that. I think for me that is very crucial, that it is important that we give our life. So if you made that prayer, if that was your prayer and you made it deep within your heart, please, please, go to the information desk and leave us with your name. Somebody would be keen that you are discipled. Somebody would be keen that they walk with you. Somebody would be keen to pray with you a little bit more so that you can be helped. Because just like this lady, you remember she went back into the place seeking to do prostitution again. There is need of deliverance. Prayer that enables you to break and dislink you from curses. Sometimes it could even be your name. Your name, like in my community, there's a name called Ochuodo. Ochuodo means mad. So when you speak that name, it's speaking to your destiny. Somebody needs to pray for you so that they dislink you completely. Maybe your name is an animal. The community which names people animals. So you, 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 you harass people based on those animal tendencies. And you've never known. Now that you've come to the Lord, somebody would want to pray with you. So please, Amen. Amen. Can we close with a word of prayer as we stand now? I want to dismiss you. Unless there is something else. Is there any other item? Stretch forth your hands. Lord, I bless every person that is in this ground. We thank you, Father, because in your presence there is fullness of joy and life forevermore. And those hands, Lord, are stretched before you as a sign of surrender. Now fill these hands with the wisdom from above, with knowledge unspeakable. Fill it with every desire of their hearts. I pray that if there is anyone who is sick among them, heal them in Jesus' name. If there is anyone that requires certain financial breakthroughs, I pray for those open doors. If there is anyone in our midst that is lifting their hands before you, Lord, and there is a desire that they've ever desired before you, I pray that as they live this day, they will live with the blessings of the Lord upon each one of them. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, we say amen. And now may the grace and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Please keep on coming. We have a lot in store for us in the coming days. Amen. Amen.